Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first reading is from John chapter 16, verse 29 through 33. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe? Jesus replied. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world. Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 through 13. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the culmination of the, of the ages has come. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Maybe seated. And thank you. Speaking plainly, no figures of speech. Kind of a nice little segue into uh, our little series today uh, as we look at bumper sticker theology. Right? Uh, so it. it it seems there was, this, there was a woman who uh, was being tailgated by just this stressed out guy. Suddenly, the, the light turned yellow in front of her, and, and she did the right thing. She slowed down and stopped for the red light, even though she probably could have beaten the red light by accelerating through that intersection. Well, the guy who was tailgating behind her just went through the roof and he hit his horn and he started screaming in frustration, flipping them off and, and shaking his fist as, as he missed his chance to get through that intersection. He was so mad. As he was still in mid-rant, shaking and, and flailing his arms all around, he heard a tap on his window and he looked up to see the face of a pretty serious police officer who ordered him to exit his car with his hands up. He took him down to the police station where he was searched and fingerprinted and photographed and placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, the policeman approached the cell and opened the door and he, the gentleman was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with his personal effects and he said, I'm really sorry for this mistake. 
You see, I pulled up behind you uh, in your car while you were blowing your horn and flipping off the woman in front of you and cussing up and down this, uh, all at her and waving your arms. And I, and I noticed the back of your car and it had this choose life license plate holder and a what would Jesus do bumper sticker and a, and a follow me to f- Sunday school bumper sticker and a chrome plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. And naturally, I thought you had stolen the car. <laughs> Will you pray with me this morning? (laughs) Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so, God, I ask that you would would use me. God, that that the words that I would say would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words for your people. God, your message for your people. And all this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we do. We, we begin this, this new series called Bumper Sticker Theology. And I'm sure you've noticed certain bumper stickers in your life. And maybe, maybe as you're going to and from work, running errands, you've seen these. Some of, the, some of the stickers probably made you laugh. Some might have caused you to pause and reflect. And some might have just made you angry. I wonder what some of those bumper stickers were for you. Now, obviously, there's, there's not a lot of real estate when it comes to the, to the bumpers of our cars. Uh, and the bumpers don't offer that kind of that large space to share long messages, uh, kind of like our bumper here. Therefore, the messages or quotes need to be concise and meaningful. Otherwise, you might not be able to get your point across on such a small space. Of course... I've got an image for you because I think this person might have a hard time as well, but maybe for other reasons. You got that image? <laughs> None of your vehicles look like that, right? I hope not. All right. Well, the, well, the stickers that we're going to be focusing on over the next few weeks are just some of the little sayings uh, that from time to time we use. Maybe not really thinking about the full meaning or the implications of what we are saying. These are words that are combined to form sentences that we share when we don't really know what to say. Many times these are, these are partial truths, meaning that, that there is some truth found in the words, but there are also moments when we realize that the, that the theology of what we are saying is not what we truly believe. When God closes a door, God opens a window. God won't give you more than you can handle. A Bible that's falling apart is usually held by someone who's not. Everything happens for a reason. It's all part of God's plan. Don't put a question mark where God put a period. And the one that bothers me the most... God needed another angel. Yeah, good. It sounds like that resonates with you too. We're going to hear about some of those, and we're going to share over the next few weeks. Now, you've heard most of these at some point in your life. You might even have used one of these sayings. Now, I don't want you to feel bad if, if you have. I understand that. But, but I want us to begin thinking about the things that we say and how they can help people or possibly cause them more pain. 
Simplifying the messages from, at times is good, but other times it's best not to say anything versus offering words that will harm. Wasn't there a phrase that your mom always taught you? If you can't say anything nice about somebody, don't say anything at all. Silence sometimes is very meaningful. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at different bumper sticker theology quotes and reflect on the words and the meaning. We will ask ourselves about situations where we use them, why we say them, and what scripture and our faith tells us about it. So our first bumper sticker, I know you can't see it from from where you are, uh, but it's in your bulletin. Uh, The first bumper sticker is when God closes a door. The full phrase was this, when God closes a door, God opens a window. Now, have you heard this in your lifetime? You've all, okay, good, I see a lot of nodding. Uh, When have you offered these words to a friend, a spouse, maybe a family member? Of course, this could also be something that you have told yourself at times. It's similar to that phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle. Now, if you remember, we talked about this a little while ago, and I told you that the better way to say that phrase is not that God won't give you more than you can handle, but that God will help you handle all that you've been given. Much better way to say that. This is because we don't believe that God is giving people cancer or leukemia or or myeloma or heart disease. God doesn't indiscriminately hand out depression or anxiety or mental illness. God is not out to get you. God wants to be with you, journeying this life with you. Let's get back to that closed door thing. Now, I've heard that this often when somebody loses a a job, uh, breakup maybe in a relationship, or any number of things, when things just don't go the way we hoped they would. Maybe you didn't get the job that you really wanted. Maybe the trajectory of your life just took a hard left. Maybe that person didn't like you as much as you liked them. Missed opportunities, losses in life, and things, that, things not going with our vision of what we thought it would be. These are perfect times to tell ourselves that when God closes a door, God will open a window. But does it really help? If we look to the reason why we say this, we will narrow it down to, to probably two main reasons, although there are probably many others. First, This saying is meant to bring hope from despair. If we hear this message, we can almost guarantee that it is not one of the better times in our lives. If either you're saying it to yourself or others are saying it to you, it's probably not one of the good times in your life. People don't say this in celebrations or joyful times. It's it's normally when things seem to be falling apart and we are looking for any glimmer of hope in our lives. So we point to the half-truth and hope that it will bring some peace. We also will also use this phrase to point out something greater, to point to something greater. It's difficult to think that all of the bad things in our lives are somehow our fault. We want to know that there is something greater out there. We want to know that there, that there is a God who cares for us and who watches over us. We want to know that God is protecting us. 
Many times we feel like the closed door is just that, protection because, because we don't know any better, right? We pray for so much in our lives, but then as we wait, we realize that God is not providing what we wanted. It seems like God is not answering our prayers, like God is closing doors on us. Garth Brooks, a number of years back, wrote a song about unanswered prayers. He thanked God for unanswered prayers because he could see the bigger picture. Garth couldn't see that years down the road, if God hadn't had answered the prayers that, that he had lifted, he would have been in a much worse place than he was today. Now, I don't believe that God doesn't answer prayer. I need to make that clear. I don't believe that God doesn't answer prayer. God just answers them in God's timing and in God's way. And sometimes the, those ways are the ones that, that we don't understand. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't answer them. And so maybe there's something to this closed door thing. Well, if we look to, if we look to Scripture, we, we find probably the closest passages to this as being in 1 Corinthians or maybe Revelation 3.7. In Revelation, we find words about God closing a door that cannot be opened and opening a door that cannot be closed. This could certainly be seen as God's plan being undeniable and true. God's plan will come to fruition, and no one will stop it. I would agree with that. In the general sense, God's salvation plan will happen and is happening, and no one will be able to stop it. We can really, we can, we can narrow this down, even as we think of this overarching theme, we can really narrow this down to the little things in our lives, because context is everything, especially when it comes to Scripture. These words are from Revelation which is an odd book of the Bible. It speaks figuratively and of some pretty amazing and unbelievable creatures, not necessarily snow leopards and harbor seals. So as you read through it, it feels like you were in some fantasy novel, beasts with seven heads, bowls and candles and lampstands, and an epic battle between good and evil. Is our meant, uh, are we meant to understand everything that is in there? Especially as, as much of it is written in allegories. I truly feel that one of the main purposes of Revelation is to offer hope. To offer hope. John is writing this vision of the end of the age and I feel like he's trying to tell people that it's, it's going to get a little crazy. Things are going to get really scary. But trust in the end of the story. Trust in the ability of God to bring peace to our lives. And therefore, I feel like taking this one verse about God closing doors and applying it to our lives in this way is disingenuous of the whole of Scripture. God will bring about his great salvation plan, but I'm not sure that it is through closing a door to an opportunity that you thought you wanted. Sometimes the closed doors are, are our fault. 
There are times when we should take responsibility for the decisions that we make through the freedom that God has given to us. Take ownership. Take ownership of your closed doors. But if we see this as a half-truth or something that might actually be true, maybe we need to look at an example. Here at Journey of Hope, we had dreamed of launching a new campus in the Pingree Grove area. And while that dream is still alive, we seem to have run into some closed doors. One of those was with a space called Gather. But in the middle of this discernment, it kind of felt like God opened a window or another door when we began conversations in Bartlett. Had there not been a pause to the west, we might not have looked to the east. I feel like this is a, this is a different situation than some of the other times when we use this phrase. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's a little truth to be found here. But we still need to talk about this open window. The open window might be in reference to 1 Corinthians that we heard earlier. We talked about this a little while ago when we talked about temptation. This is what Paul is writing about when he said that we will not be tempted beyond our abilities. Notice that he doesn't say that God is tempting us. It is even clearer in James chapter 1. Let no one say when they are tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. We are tempted by our own desires, by our own, with our own decisions. But, but Paul reminds us that when we are tempted, God will provide an escape, a way out, maybe an open window. I like this vision of the second part of that bumper sticker. It may seem like God has closed a door in our life, but, but even in the midst of difficult times and temptations, God offers a way to escape, a way out, an open window. So when you're tempted to offer these words to someone, this, this phrase of when God closes a door, God will open a window, when you're tempted to offer those words to someone you know, take a moment and think about it. Think about why you are saying it about the situation that the person is facing, and then reflect on what might be maybe more comforting words to offer in their place. I'll give you a hint. It may not actually be words at all. The ministry of your presence with that person might be all it takes. It may seem like God is closing doors. But there are also always open windows. There are opportunities for us that God provides if we trust in God's plan, if we trust in the guidance that we will receive from God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, sometimes we feel like there are closed doors. But God, we trust you. Because we know sometimes those closed doors are things that we've closed ourselves. But God, you offer always a way to escape, a way out, an open window, another open door. God, your plan is what we long for, your great salvation plan.
And so help us to see that. Help us to have just a glimpse of that plan for us. And then help us to trust you in all that we do. God, we lift this to you. And we long for your guidance through the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so now, as we go forth from this place and we go out into the world to serve God in everything that we do, make sure that you go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.